was my first trip to Russia, and I kept saying to myself, who am I that I get to be in a place like this? We were in Moscow for a day and were set to meet some Russian military officials for a noon luncheon on one of their military bases. As it turned out, one of the generals was Slava Borisov, the field commander of the Soviet troops in Afghanistan. Yet here he was, standing at the corner of a busy intersection, waiting to be picked up by our old broken-down little bus. Who am I to be allowed to be here with him? I've had the privilege of being in many special places of the world, from Jerusalem to Rome, London, Paris, Moscow, Mexico City, and more. But I have always been in awe as one who does not feel worthy of being privileged to be there. I think the mark of unworthiness just haunts so many people today and it actually makes them feel miserable to the point of despair, rage, or deep insecurity. On Life Journeys today, we're going to use some powerful scripture to break through that intense shadow over our lives. I'm Terry Hardica. Thanks for listening. General Borisov was a communist and an atheist for 30 years at one time on the Soviet Joint Chiefs of Staff. Slava was on a helicopter in Afghanistan when it was shot down. On the way to the ground, he cried out to God to save him. After spending six months in the hospital, much of the time in a coma, he made good on his commitment as a born-again Christian. He would spend the rest of his days dedicated to bringing Bibles to the Russian troops. His intention was to make them a Christian army. Still a general in the army, he was here on a busy street corner to escort us to a military base where they showed us vast armed resources. Some of them captured U.S. tanks. I still remember going through the gates and seeing the huge red star with the yellow hammer and sickle in front. They treated us to a banquet and spoke of their intentions. Joined by him was another Russian general who too was shot down in Afghanistan. And having heard General Borzov's testimony, he also cried out to God, and his whole crew was saved. Slava was nicknamed General War and was considered by some as the architect of Armageddon. A one and a half million dollar reward had been issued for his execution. Who was I to be around this guy? a man dedicated to overthrow America, and now a soldier for Christ. Turning a corner now, the three spiritual men that I have truly loved are all in heaven now. Dwight Fearing, K.K. John, and Billy Graham. Knowing Dwight, he's gathered them all together and said, let's go to Hardika's mansion and short-sheet his bed. Billy's probably saying, but he has listened to my song just as I am every day for the last two years. He's probably going to be singing it as he approaches the gates of heaven. Cut him some slack. And then K.K. is looked at to break the tie. He's not saying, but he's chuckling. These are the three I've got in heaven. Really? Life here is not the same with them gone. But they don't represent me in heaven, thankfully. Think of it. If you're really in need or really in trouble, you'd want someone of special ability and resources 
and with lots of pull. The President of the U.S. pardons a few people in prison, but we need someone with a lot more pull than him. If someone horribly beat, kidnapped, and finally killed your child, you'd perhaps want them in the electric chair. But what of you? It's going to take death, even a death like Christ experienced, to pay for your crimes. Death. We're constantly reminded of the penalty for sin as we drive by every cemetery and read every death announcement. Jesus died. He died for you. Did you really hear it? The penalty has been paid, not by the president, but by your creator. You are represented in heaven by your priest, Jesus Christ, who died and rose from that death for you. He took your sin, and if there's one sin of yours that he took that couldn't be forgiven, he could not have risen from the dead. His resurrection, you see, proves your status. You have the most worthy, majestic, influential, powerful, and gracious gracious representation in all of the universe. And he is big enough as God to treat you personally like you were the only person who ever lived. You're not some Forrest Gump standing back in the crowd peeking over someone's shoulder as an observer, you see. The throne of God is the very center of all that is. It is majestic beyond comprehension. It's pure, powerful, awe-inspiring, fearsome, beautiful, and declares with all the authority of deity the love that is given to you. God has commanded it as the leader of the forces of heaven and earth. He who spoke and the world and heavens were created also spoke his love directly to you from his throne, for you were called by name. You have been given the glory of God and are a partaker of him. You have been invited to share his fullness. The Bible says, And of his fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. As such, as you tremble with your personal failures, sins, and bondages or addictions, know this. By the command of the throne and the death of the Creator, you are appointed to come with boldness to this throne of God. Boldness is a description of the confidence you have through faith alone. I feel like the centurion whose beloved servant was dying, and he said, I am not worthy for you, Jesus, to come into my home, but speak the word, and he will be healed. Faith has no self-worthiness. So if you feel unworthy because of your failing humanity, you're the perfect target for the love and acceptance and forgiveness of God. Let me tell you something in finishing here. If God can save someone like me, and if he can change a man called the architect of Armageddon, then he can surely handle the American snowflakes that call themselves Antifa. He stopped the enemy of his own many, many times over thousands of years, and he has not changed. And if he has not changed, he certainly can keep your boat floating in the worst of storms and give you the very atmosphere that surrounds the throne of God.